This podcast is presented by Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty. Along with Tom and Suzanne, it's our hope that this show helps shine a bright spotlight on our area and celebrates what makes it an extraordinary place to call home. To learn more about our community, sign up for our newsletter, or to simply find your dream home on Staten Island, go to TomCrimmonsRealty.com. The Honest Eye Podcast is part of the Our Community Plus Lifestyle Network and a member of the local independent online news or Lions Publishers Initiative. We're proud to be one of the hundreds of organizations across the United States and Canada supported by the Democracy Fund, Facebook Journalism Project, Google News Initiative, and the Knight Foundation, and we love doing our part to elevate influential voices from our hometowns. Now, on with this month's show. On this episode of the On SI podcast, the Staten Island Cricket Club marks its 150th anniversary. Established in 1872, the club is the oldest continuously operating cricket club in the country, according to its current president. Also this month, we introduce you to our local Hero of the Month. This former St. Peter's basketball star earned a spot in the Ironman World Championship in Hawaii using his mother's battle with cancer as inspiration to bring awareness to the disease and motivate others to persevere in the face of adversity. Plus, a look back at a Pleasant Plains resident who retired from the FDNY in September 2021 after nearly four decades of dedicated service. But her retirement didn't last long. She rejoined the workforce through a new Department of Aging program, which celebrates the skills, knowledge, and expertise retirees acquire while working for the city. Hello. I'm your host, Patty Murphy. The Staten Island Cricket Club distinguishes itself from other old clubs because of its continuous operation. That tops our island hopping segment, our take on noteworthy local and positive things you need to know. The Staten Island Cricket Club was established in 1872, making it the oldest running cricket club in the United States. Originally launched as the Staten Island Cricket and Baseball Club, the organization even played during the pandemic but completed the season in New Jersey due to pandemic restrictions in New York. The club has called Walker Park home since 1885, making the pandemic year one of the few times in the past century and a half that the club did not play at Walker Park. The team plays regularly in the Metropolitan Cricket League and the World Series League two organizations in the New York area, and sometimes travels internationally. The Travis 4th of July Parade celebrated Independence Day for the 112th time this year. It too is one of the longest running events in the nation. Even as temperatures soared this 4th of July, hundreds of spectators attended the parade. U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Adam Scher served as the Grand Marshal. He proudly recognized the nation's veterans and shared, quote, on America's birthday, we focus on what unites us, freedom, democracy, opportunity, patriotism, the love of country, and being part of something bigger than ourselves." End quote. Also, a coalition to foster outdoor street life 
and Continue the Open Restaurants and Open Streets programs announced its grant winners, and Staten Island's Van Duzer Street Civic Association won a one-time grant of $10,000. The award comes from Alfresco NYC, a coalition led by Design Trust for Public Space, Regional Plan Association, and the Tri-State Transportation Campaign. The Van Duzer Street Civic Association operates an open street on Water Street between Wright and Bay Streets on Saturdays in June and September. The association's Stapleton Saturdays has offered family-friendly activities as well. The grant aims to help maintain the open restaurants and open streets programs in neighborhoods hard hit by the pandemic. Now, we are proud to bring you our local Hero of the Month, a segment made possible with support from Tom and Suzanne Crimmins of Tom Crimmins Realty. In this installment, we introduce you to West Brighton native Riley Walsh. This former St. Peter's hoop star who went on to play Division I college basketball at the New Jersey Institute of Technology is making his presence known in the grueling Ironman triathlon realm. Supported by SI Elite Track and Field Club, Walsh is using his mother's battle with cancer as his inspiration to perform and motivate others. Riley, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. First things first, we have to set the stage. So for those who don't know, do you mind explaining what an Ironman is? Sure, of course. So an Ironman is actually a triathlon, and it consists of a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-mile run, which, which is a marathon, all in one. That's incredible. It's no surprise that it's called an Ironman if you complete one. So which Ironman are you currently preparing for? So right now we're in preparation for the Ironman World Championship on October 6th in Kona, Hawaii. So we have about 10 weeks of, of preparation left for that one. Okay, let's talk about preparation for a second. What goes into preparing for something as large scale as an Ironman triathlon? So a lot of training goes into it, uh, usually around, you know, between 20 and 30 hours a week. And with, with working a full-time job, mm -hmm. uh, you kind of have to, you know, manage your time well. So before work and after work are where, uh, where, where the training gets done. But aside from the training, there, there is many other aspects that you don't really think about. The travel, the planning for, for, for all these trips. The bike is a big part. So making sure that your bike is working well and, and functioning. And so many moving parts with bikes, with, with, these, with these machines, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so just making sure they're ready to go. And then recovery is huge too. Just making sure that you're taking the time to to rest and eat well and sleep after these big training sessions, so that you could get back at it the next day. So there is definitely a lot that goes into it, but uh, it is fun. We enjoy it. I have a couple follow-up questions to that. And full disclosure, I love talking about this stuff. I have my own athletic life and I'm super excited about you taking part in an Ironman because I would love to do that one day. I think it's really <laughs> cool. 
but you are an athlete. You know, you did have a solid base going in, obviously playing division one basketball in New Jersey and then in St. Peter's. So can you talk about how your athletic life kind of already had a base going into the Ironman? For sure. So definitely basketball was, was my main sport for 24 years. It was, you know, every day it was, it was basketball in school. So definitely laid the foundation for putting hours in every day of, of a sport. You know, it, it requires a lot of running and conditioning and, mm-hmm. and lifting weights. So it definitely had me ready for, for when I, I began this journey in 2020 now during the pandemic. So I definitely did lay, lay a solid foundation, but we, we still have a, a long way to go in this sport <laughs> for sure. And you were talking a little bit about the training, but I think that one of the components that you didn't touch on is how much goes into like the mental preparation for a race like this too. That's another huge mm-hmm. component. Yeah, for sure. Ironman sometimes it's definitely a daunting task when you think about it. Definitely as race day gets closer, those, those nerves start creeping in. But I think a big thing is just to trust yourself and trust the training that, that you've done. You know, you know, it takes months and months of work. So just remind yourself how much time and effort you put in and prepared yourself for this very moment. So there's, there's really no, no reason to question yourself at a payoff that day. Okay. So now we set the stage for the part of the conversation that includes your recent event in Utah. So can you talk about the major spill that you experienced, but still persevered after? Sure, of course. In May, May 7th, I took part in, uh, it was actually the 2021 Ironman World Championship that was supposed to be in Kona last year, but was postponed due to the pandemic. So it was held in St. George, Utah. Mm-hmm. So I, I went out to Utah for, for the race. I was definitely well prepared. I, I training went really well, no hiccups or anything. So we went into race day pretty confident. Race was going well, the swim went well, then got onto the bike. The bike course was, was a pretty daunting one. So it was going well for the first about seven, 70 miles. When I came to an aid station, for those who aren't familiar, aid stations are on the side of the road. There's volunteers handing out waters, Gatorades, um, nutrition. So there's on the side of the road and you just stay on your bike and you just, you know, slow down a little bit and, and pass by. But sometimes it can get a little, a little crazy when uh, a lot of people continue through the aid station. And I came up to the mile 71 and it was a little crazy. I took a bottle and I was putting it back behind me and I turned my head for a split second and looked ahead and there was somebody in front of me. So I had one hand on the, on the bars to beard a little too quick. And that was that. And I, I, I took a pretty hard spill. When I went down, I knew right away that, that my arm was broken. It was that painful. And by the time I got up, it was locked in a cast position, how you, how you hold your arm. I really didn't process what happened because you really don't think something like that is going to happen on race day. So I just kind of took a second and picked myself up first, picked the bike up next. You know, the bike was a little, a little jumbled up. The, the back tire was off. The chain was off. So uh, with the help of a few volunteers, they came over, helped me put it back together. <laughs> they saw my arm. They told me they were going to call medical and I told them, no, thank you. I uh, will be continuing. They did not like that answer. <laughs> they, were, they insisted they were going to call medical, but um, 
we just rinse, rinse the arm off with some with some water, you know, got the blood off. Again, I thanked them for their help. I got back on my bike and uh, and continued the remaining 40 miles of, of, of the bike, which was pretty difficult because having my arm pretty much locked in that in that position, um, riding an arrow, which is basically leaning on front bars for those who aren't familiar, you lean on your forearms for, for a more aerodynamic position. So that was that was a little painful in itself. Even sitting up on the base bar as like a regular bike, I couldn't really reach reach the bar. So um, it was definitely a, ch a challenge in itself, just just staying on the bike for the for the remaining time. Then we finished the bike, and then it was time for the run, which was which was another challenge in itself. <laughs> on the run course, the volunteers were amazing. Every mile, there's an aid station. Everyone that I came to, I told them like, can, can you help me grab some water, dump some ice? They they were amazing, and obviously a huge a huge reason why I was able to finish. Yeah, twenty six point two miles later, I was able to get through, and um, it was pretty emotional finish for a variety of reasons for for what happened, the reasons why you do this sport, just all come come to you at once over that finish line. So that's exactly the the kind of picture I wanted you to paint and. It's hard to really fathom each moment that you went through in that race. It was definitely taking it one step at a time, for sure. It's incredible that you finished the competition, but how did you do? We wound up finishing in 10 hours and 15 minutes, which was good for 13 in my age group division. That's incredible. In order to compete, and then persevere like that, you must be very connected to your why, right? Mm -hmm. So I know this is a very personal story to you, but do you mind explaining how you came to Ironman and why you wanted to compete? Of course, during the pandemic 2020. So I was actually just scrolling through YouTube and I came upon a video by a guy named Nick there. It was on his training for an Ironman and he dedicated it to his mother who who had passed of cancer recently. I was really emotional after watching it and it just hit home for me as, as my mother also battled cancer for a few years. After watching the video, I showed it to my mom and it was pretty emotional watching it together. As soon as we finished, we went on the Ironman site and we, and we just signed up for an Ironman. So uh, there was really no like thought that went into it. We just signed up and we knew that we were going to do whatever it took to, to get it done. Like we knew nothing about it. It was really the first time I ever heard of, of what it was. I never, never had done a triathlon ever in my life. Never had ridden a bike like that. So that was November, 2020. And we signed up for one in September. That's really how this whole thing got started over something so little, but so meaningful. So I guess fast forward all those months later, um, November, 2021, we finally, uh, we did the Ironman Florida and that was the first one we did. It was honestly like the best day of my life, just finishing that race, you know, and having my mother and obviously my, my father there as well. And it was a, obviously super emotional as well, just because it's just the reason for doing it. And I wanted to show her how much she taught me in her fight, how nothing is too difficult, nothing is too challenging. even. And Ironman, you know, it doesn't compare to what people who go through that fight uh, go through. Like, not nothing compares to that. But, you know, I wanted to show her how much she, she showed me in her fight and how much I learned from her. And um, that's really my why. And, and 
why I do this. And, you know, she's, she's my number one fan now and I'm her number one fan. So we do this together and every race it's, uh, it's us uh, getting through it. So. It's so inspiring and it's so easy to get behind your why. And it's not just something that you and your mom and your family are in together, but You've also received support from the Staten Island Elite Track and Field Club. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, of course. So after Florida, we kind of got some buzz around, you know, the community about kind of what happened. And um, Staten Island Elite, who who's run by Denise Baccia and, and Bill Allert, reached out to me. And they really just wanted to offer their support to me. The point of Staten Island Elite Track and Field Club is is to provide support for post-collegiate athletes like myself who continue to be athletes and they offer their help. And, and they're a big reason why I'm still able to continue this journey today because uh, a lot goes into it. Well, you know, did both. you hold a fundraiser recently too? Because it is an expensive endeavor. Yes, very, very expensive endeavor. So yes, they, they uh, organized a, a fundraiser to help me get to... Uh, Hawaii later this year and it, it was our flagship back in June and it was it was really an amazing event I was really blown away by all the support that everybody showed and again without them and without everyone's support who who came that day and who has shown me support I I, I wouldn't be able to do it <laughs> it is it is a very uh, big commitment you know financially and, and time so they've been a huge help I am so excited to see a young man from Staten Island compete at the Ironman World Championship in Kona. I can't express that enough. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm so excited too. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be surreal, to be honest. I, I think about it all the time, but I've talked to some people who have been there and they just say that it's like a, another worldly experience, like nothing like you'll ever experience anywhere else. Like I just get chills thinking about it. So I'm super excited and and I was excited my family would be coming with me. My mom's wanted to go to Hawaii her whole life, but has never done it. So finally, we're able to uh, to take her there. It's magical. Ultimately, yeah. what are you hoping to accomplish with your entire Ironman experience? Does it go beyond Kona this October? Yeah, I really fell in love with, with everything about it. I think the biggest thing for me is just the best part about it is the community, the people I've met, you know, the relationships I've formed already and just, you know, everyone just behind each other and, and really pushing yourself to be better every single day. That's really what, what drives me. You only race every so often, so you can't just be motivated by the racing. It's really the everyday, again, just being, bettering yourself. And um, that's really the funnest part about it and the most challenging, but uh, that's what I really love about it. You know, that every day, just grind to, to, to be better. Excellent. I'm excited that you and your mom and your family are going to be able to have this experience together. And you are definitely a great ambassador for Staten Island. So we wish you well. Thank you so much. And finally, in case you missed it, in our last edition of On SI, we honored Mary McLaughlin as our local hero of the month. The 67-year-old rejoined the workforce through the city's Silver Stars program, which allows retired New York City employees to return to work and helps agencies staff their workforce with talented, skilled professionals. Given McLaughlin's experience working at the FDNY's Bureau of Health Services for nearly four decades, 
This Pleasant Plains resident had decades of knowledge and passion to impart. You know, I came home, I spoke to my family and I said, you know what, I, I this would be nice because it's in Staten Island, so I don't have to commute anymore to Brooklyn, which is a huge bonus. And I can see and take care and speak to members who I've known all these years because the World Trade Center Health Program is a majority of them are retirees. And they've done as many years as I have, and I've either worked with them or I've taken care of them over the years. So I jumped at the opportunity to, you know, I did not know about the Silver Stars program at the time. That'll do it for this edition of the Honest Eye podcast. On behalf of Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty, thank you for listening. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at TomCrimmonsRealty.com. We feature stories that matter to locals. If you have one you'd like to share, email it to us at stories at Until next time, be well.